even though I think it's so cruel for the Islanders to give you false hope this early on, congratulations, you got to see a victory today, 4-2, and tell, tell all the hockey crazy sycophants about this game. Okay, um, first off, I gotta say, um, it was a good, it was a gutty win for the Islanders. The fact that they gave Washington seven power play opportunities, the simple fact that these, these guys were, you can't give a team like Washington chances to score, they're gonna capitalize. So the Islanders shoot themselves in the foot, they scored two power play goals, um, two from TJ Oshie, they were down 2 nothing. It feels like the Islanders are going to blow this game, and then all of a sudden they got a short-handed goal from they got a short-handed goal from Jordan Everly. So that helps to that helps to make it two to one, and then Anders Reed scores, and then Bobillier scores, and Josh Bailey scores in the third period, and that was all she wrote. The, the, the key for the Islanders they want to win this series is don't give up too many. Play opportunities to Washington, and plus the head coach Barry Trotz knows the team. It's going to be a long series, so I'm not going to um, get on the hype train. But I will say it was a nice win for the Islanders. They got to do it again on Friday. So did o- did Ovechkin score, or did he just pull that crap today? Uh, he played well. He didn't score, but he played well. Um, he got a, he got a couple of assists on. On the power play, on the goals from Oshie, so they, they did well. Again, the key is they need to stay out of the out of the penalty box. So if the Islanders want to win this series, they gotta keep they gotta keep it five on five. If they don't, then it's gonna be a long series. So and Hopi really gave up some goals, especially the shorthanded goal, which was a soft one. Basically, let basically let um. Everly scored, so I'm not taking the bait. Washington still can still still can win this series. So, but good win for the Islanders. And then also today, in overtime, your 2019-2020 Stanley Cup champion Boston Bruins. That was a nice win for them. Um, this was a more of a bathroom motors that linger. Try Febreze small spaces. Just press firmly, and it continuously eliminates odors in the air and I don't like. They need to do better, but but tell the people what everybody's 2019-2020 Stanley Cup champion Boston Bruins did today. Oh man, uh, I will say this: it, it wasn't their best performance from Boston. Um, they didn't they didn't play that well. Um, Carolina, for for the most point, outplayed them pretty well, but Boston grinded out, especially especially getting some. Key, key, um, especially um, with 
with Patrice Bergeron getting the game-winning goal because every time overtime starts, you, you know that Bergeron's going to um, cash in. It's good to see David Krejci joining the action and Tukarash played well enough. He played he had the outplay on the outplay Mrazic. Um, when it comes to the postseason, I tr- I really do think Tukarash takes his game to another level. Um, got to give credit, although um, Carolina did get robbed on. One, one that led to a powerful opportunity for Boston, but I give Boston credit. They played really well. They played well in their end. Why, why, why did they get robbed? Well, not Boston, sorry. Carolina felt like they got robbed because one of the goals that Boston scored, apparently um, they argued that Mirazic had possession and that the play, the play should have been blown dead, but the officials said that the officials said he never had possession, which led to a goal. And what was your thoughts? Did he have position? No, he did not. I didn't think either. I, I think I think it was the right call. Um, in I, hockey, I can right you call. in like baseball? Can can yes, you, yes, you can challenge. Okay. Yes, you can challenge. If that was your question. They challenge it, and what happens in hockey is when you lose, if you lose the challenge, you lose a, you lose a timeout, and then you your team takes a penalty. Now. Also, like in baseball, can they um play 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 the rest of the game under protest? No. Okay. No, they cannot. So that's that. So good win for the Bruins. Still a long series to go. Carolina's a really good team, but that that's going to be a fun series. Well, I mean. Carolina didn't have anyone tough to face in their first round series, so you know they swept that series. But you, you, you know what happened today? Carolina played a big boy team. You know, you know that they had to put their big boy panties on. And what happened? It did take two overtimes, but the boss move was like, "You whack. You better step up with your life." So. Um, everybody's favorite disobedient red-headed stepchild is already two for two tonight. He tied the game at two one with the home run. Um, Aaron Hicks robbed the home run, so it technically should be three two Braves. So everyone can you know get down on their knees and kiss the quote unquote overrated center fielder. Um, you know, we, we, we do have a guest tonight, so that's going to be 845, the Turner Pair Podcast. Cubs fans, so we'll talk some Cubs, we'll talk some NFL football with, with him, and some Brawl. Who's our guest? Who's our guest? Turner Pair Podcast. Gotcha. So we're um, going to so talk in Chicago, right? That's Open right. Chicago Cubs. Well, well, well. He's 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 a Cubs fan. He told me, and he follows a lot of NFL teams. So, um, but part of the title will be shared with. Can we trust Aaron Boone? And this particularly got me pretty upset. So, if if let's let let let's just say you're an idiot, idiot, and you weren't watching yesterday's game. The Yankees were up 8-3 at the time. But, if you saw the Braves game on Monday, at one point they were down by 10 plus runs. 
they, they lost the game only by five. And what's 8-3, gentlemen? And then the final score was 9-6. So, but, but, in the, Aaron Judge played six full innings in the outfit yesterday. But he was due up for the bottom of the sixth. And who pitches for him? Mike Talkman. That's not the problem. But the problem is why take him out when they just had a day off the, the day before that. And then it's, it's because, oh, it's, he's not hurt. It's okay. It's just taking him out because he played a lot lately. Um, when he didn't start a game in Philadelphia, yes, he pitched it. I understand. But that at-bat that could not have lasted more than 30 seconds. It was that quick. Maybe 40. Okay, I get it. He played it on the turf. Cool. Okay. Everybody. Alright, he's not hurt. He's not hurt. I've been said yesterday, he has to be hurt. Otherwise, it makes no sense. It makes zero sense to take him out. Okay? Because, and, and also too, we're very lucky. Ronald Acuna Jr. is not playing this year due to wrist. If he plays yesterday, you know what? I'm going to say the Braves win that game. Okay, that's that's how much of a big difference Acuna is. Braves win that game. Um, so now today, let's say around I don't know four ten ish. Ah, uh, a little tight, a little tight. Come on, guy. You know what? F these HIPAA rules, but HIPAA does not stop you from saying he felt a little tight. Aaron could have said, could have said, he felt a little tight. That's why we took him out precautionary. He felt a little tight. But you don't, you don't lie. All right, I'm sorry. I'm, it's lying. Lying is a thing for me. Um, you know, truly, I, I try not to lie. I'm a very honest person. It's rare when I lie. So when people lie, it, it gets me just a little upset. Why couldn't you just say he's a little tight? Why? Why is that so hard? Okay, if you want to protect the player, if you want to protect him from, from getting questions, okay, maybe, maybe that's fair. But also, why why isn't Aaron Judge a big boy? Why why can't he an, an, answer questions? And it also goes to show you, he always... Death, taxes, Aaron Judge gets hurt. Starting circle 2018 through now. It's book it. Aaron Judge and John Carl Santon every year will get hurt. Will get hurt. They're six 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 seven, around two thirty to two sixty. They're built like Zeus, but you know what? They're rolling around like a guy who's been in a coma for a month. All right, it's bad. So if you're, if you're, remember too. He would have missed about 45 to 60 games if this was 162. So, I get it. When he plays, he's good. But, are we... Ooh, what a catch by boy. Are we really going to want to deal with that for 5 to 7 years with an extension when he's 28 now? So, so he'll, he'll be 31 through 37, 38 years old, man. Are we really, are we truly going to want to deal with that? Gary Sanchez, he's 26, 27. 
are we really going to deal with his struggles when he's 30 through 38? This is what we're going to have to deal with. Glaber Torres is 24. No, no, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, 23? And he sucks as a shortstop. Do you think he's just magically going to get better when, he, when he's 28 through, through 39? And the reason why I'm saying these years, because those are most likely expected extension years. That's, that, that's how long we'll have these guys for, okay? So, there are, if, and then we'll still be having Stanton through this. Who knows what kind of Garrett Cole we're getting through this. Alright? So, there's just, imagine paying Cole, Stanton, Judge, Glaber, and Gary. Let, let's say Cole sucks his last three years. That's not bad of a deal. Only if only if we if we won a ring before that, okay. If Aaron Judge, and let's assume this is the only non one sixty two game season, so let's assume Judge always misses fifty through seventy games. I guess in the grand scheme of things, with 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 the rest of the number that's left, that's not too bad. But that's still a lot of games. How how many games is seventy games out of one sixty two? What twenty five thirty percent of the season? Yeah, so, so so that's anywhere from 110 to 160 at bats. That's any he's losing. He is losing five to eleven home runs a year. Okay, he's losing at least ten through twenty five RBIs a year. Now he's also losing maybe twenty through thirty five strikeouts. So that's good, but that's also a bunch of games where we're gonna have to add clinch ratio in the outfield sometimes because John Carlson is also hurt. And so far, the ball has been hit to right. You know what? Braves, hit the ball to right. Okay? No one has ever questioned his bat. So hit the ball to right, please. Can you? I got to see this boy in the outfield. I got it. If, if, if he has no balls hit to him tonight, he has proved nothing. No one has ever questioned his bat. Okay? And, and also, I promise you, he, he's not going to bat a 1,000. He, he's not going to hit everything. So, we have to see how he's improved in the outfield. That's what we want. So, Braves, please. Please, hit the ball to right field. Hit hard line drives to right field. Hit pop-ups to right field. Hit the ball past DJ. And, and let's see if he can scoop it properly. This is this is a test. No one has ever questioned his bat. Hit, hit the ball to right. Your thoughts. Um, first off, and, this is, and I said this before and say it again. Sanchez is not going to be with the Yankees long term. I'm sorry, he's not. I'm sorry. At some, I think they're probably. And why do you think it's no coincidence they drafted Anthony Siegler and Austin Wells, who are catchers? There's no secrets why they did that. Sanchez is not going to be here long term. I just don't see it. And with Gary struggles, I, I can't have a guy that, that's either good offensively and sucks on defense or good defensively and sucks on offense. You've got to be good. you got to be at least competent in one area be good in, in another area. You can't, you can't just be one in the other. Judge, man, I'm starting to get concerned about Judge. I, I was on the Judge... Judge train, like everybody else. I still love Judge, but those injuries, man. Credit, no fault of his own, but still, like when you're built like Adonis and you play like Jade, that that 
that's a problem. I mean, DJ's going to have to get an extension. Cole, Cole's probably going to give you, what, three good years out of that nine-year contract? Three? I would say we five. We don't know how... Yeah, probably. But then after that, we don't know how, how how's Cole going to be the rest of that contract. That contract, like, unless the Yankees win maybe one or two championships, like with CC, then you could say, you know what, it's worth it. But until then, we don't know yet. So that's another issue. You know, Stanton has an opt-out after this year. Do we really think Stanton's going to opt-out and leave $200 million left on the table? Do you, do you really think so? John Carl so? Stanton will opt-out when Jacoby Ellsbury plays a game for the Yankees. Exactly. And you know what that is? You know what that is, guys? You know what it is? Tell him, tell him. When, 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 tell him, tell him. Never. Exactly. So, there is some concern. I mean, I do like the kid to bring it down the Myers. Once he starts playing some games against pro teams, I think he's the future. Oh, Clint, God. I love Clint. I love Clint. But, again, in order for Clint to prove his weight, he got to be good defensively. He can't be a DH. As long as, Stan, as long as Stanton's on the team, he can't be a DH. I'm sorry. So, he's going to have to play an outfield at some point. We know Garner's going to be gone. And you've got Kaufman, who's good. Hicks is a quality center fielder. A defensive center fielder in the game. So, you're going to have to make some choices, Yankees. God, I love DJ. Right. Um, I, I understand your passion for the Martian, but it's not even worth discussing till the year is 2023. Maybe probably probably twenty twenty four most likely because because twenty 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 three he probably just either just gets a call to double A or he's ending the time where he'll get the call to triple A so he probably makes his major league debut definitely twenty twenty five he could make a September call up maybe twenty twenty four maybe. But again, who knows? Who knows what kind of Yankee team we have by then? Who knows? Maybe, and and maybe, just maybe, Jason Dominguez. You know what? Never plays a game as Yankee. Maybe we trade oh, him for top oh, star that. starting pitcher. You never no. know. Oh no, nah, nah. <laughs> you don't sign him to the largest international contract to trade him. Nah, that that that's not happening. <laughs> you're um, not trading him. And you're not going to trade I'm, Clark Smith. I'm sure there was one point. I'm sure there was one point where Cubs said we'll never trade Glaber Torres. What happened? Well, we're not the Cubs, so... Um, a team... Forget the team right now, but they traded Fernando Tatis for oh, James Shields. Okay, cool, the White, the White Sox. Sox. They, they traded Fernando Tatis for James Shields. The Dimebacks... Traded Danby Swanson for Shelby Miller. Things happen. Oh, Things happen. Yeah, but all right. Yeah, the the not, the, not the Cubs traded Eloy Jimenez for Jose Quintana. It happened. <laughs> that was that was funny. It happened, that was bloody. The Red Sox. No. The Red Sox traded Jeff Bagwell for some dump right-handed pitcher. Who got them to the playoffs? He was good in the regular season, but then he sucked in the playoffs. So again, please 
don't don't say never because in three years from now, if it happens, I'll I I will be petty enough to look for this recording. The Mets traded the oh, the, the star Jared prospect Klenick. outfielder, right? Jared, Jared Klenick and, yeah, um, Klenick and, and, um, for Robinson Cano and and yep. and uh Edwin Diaz. All right, so it happened. Diaz is, Diaz is trash, and Cano is trash, and Klenick looks like a stud. <laughs> so never ever ever say never, sweater clever. Well, before we have our guest, all I gotta say is that Jerry Jones says that he expects to have fans in the stands this year. So apparently they apparently they have better air out there in Dallas the stadium. Well, and then and, and 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 real quick, cause I'm not watching any NBA game until the playoffs. Why the hell did Giannis butthead somebody? Um, it was Mo Wagner, and apparently Mo Wagner was, you know, typical basketball trash talk. He didn't, he didn't, he found, he didn't find it, he found it disrespectful. What'd he say? So, you know, headbutt. Uh, he was just saying that his game wasn't that good, you know, just trying to get into Giannis' head, you know. And oh my god. If, if Giannis thinks you suck is disrespectful, he, he's taking himself too seriously. Alright? <laughs> he's taking himself a little too seriously. He got to stop. Giannis, you want a little... Giannis, you want to know who you are, Giannis? You want to know? Ooh, Aaron Hicks! Aaron Hicks! <laughs> Never mind. Double, but I'll take it. I'd rather You're have a home run. Oh, DJ! 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 Yeah! And you have no room to talk. You've been ahead of me the past three days, so shut your mouth. You will shut your mouth and you will like it, you dirty little hamster. How dare you complain? How how dare you complain, scumbucket? Oh, and quick, um, Roman Loriano, who played today and robbed the home run, he got suspended six games for the brawl, and uh, Mr. Alex Centrone, he got clean. And, um, of course, which I called, Joe Kelly got his eight-game suspension, reduced to five. So the so, the guy who instigated and the guy who brawled, the guy who instigated, got more games. Joe Kelly got more games than, Ro- than Ramon Laureano. Just think about that. Just think about that. And, and, think, think about it. The guy who instigated and the guy who brawled, Alex Centrone, got more games than, Rom- than, than Ramon Laureano. But, apparently, Major League Baseball said, no brawls at any point. So, I'm sorry. Aaron Boone. And Major League Baseball are liars. They're liars. And right now we're about to go to our guest, man. The Turn of Pair Baseball Podcast. Podcast stories from ball players that lived it firsthand. We, the IMOG at the human side of the game, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podomatic. Pair with Chris and Friends. Apparently he's born. May 6th, and he joined September 2018. Big, big, big Cubs fan. He likes all NFL. We'll talk about the brawl. May, may, may see if he's a hockey man. I didn't ask him, but but I'll leave that to your glory hole because you're a, you're a you know, sly individual. And uh, 
Let's get a cracking, son. Let's get a cracking, laughing, kid. Alright, so how have you been doing since the whole coronavirus? Are we are we recording like Yes sir? Uh so how am I doing since the whole coronavirus? Um Man, that's a loaded loaded question. Uh <laughs> I'd be lying if I said great. Uh the world is different, man. It's a, it's a weird place, so Getting by, doing the best I can, and trying to make the most of every day, I guess would be the 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 answer. How are you doing? Hey, man. Well, we are doing fantastic, man. And I am James on the other half of the sports dudes. And, um, well, we're doing great. And um, for me personally, the coronavirus hasn't panned too well for me and my family. But I have been doing maintain and try to be as upbeat as I can. Yeah, man, it's it's one of these things that, like, you know, obviously a lot of people are getting sick. Um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people have, have passed. Uh, I I wish I didn't know people that have, but unfortunately I know a couple that have, um, as I'm sure a lot of people do. And um, I think when this, this thing's whole, you know, it's all said and done, or at least we get someone of under control, I think that the mental toll that it will take on everybody is probably going to be maybe even more damaging than, than the physical toll. So, yeah, it's sad what's going on. It sucks. Um, you know, this probably was a better way to control this thing. Uh, but, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, I just, man, I hope that everyone stays healthy and mentally and physically, you know? Yes, sir. And uh, let's... Uh... Take take a trip back into the time machine a little bit, and let's, yeah, let's go to 2016. So you find out that the Chicago Cubs traded future phenom Glaber Torres for Yankees flamethrower Aroldis Chapman. What's your first initial thought of the trade? Uh, ecstatic. I, well, no, no, no. Let, let me let me back up. Let me back up. Um, I'm angry, but it's not, maybe it's not why you think I was angry. Um, Chapman has a checkered history, uh, not, not the most shiny of citizens. And, um, so I was not, I was not excited about having a guy like that, you know, uh, with the office field stuff that he's had. I was not excited about having him on the team. And I thought about it from, from the time he got traded in July until they actually won. The whole time I kept thinking that this Cubs team has a legit shot to win the World Series. And if they do, it's going to be sullied by having him on the mound as the guy getting the last out. And fortunately, that wasn't the case. So people people will probably forget that Aroldis Chapman was even on that team, which I would admit. So... so um, so now, now, now we fast forward a little bit. World Series. Yeah. It it becomes really the Yankee prized reliever World Series because Yankees also traded Andrew yeah. Miller to the Indians for Clint Frazier yeah. and Justice Sheffield. Um, yeah. But now, at any point after Game Five, were you thinking, 
Joe Madden really wants Chad Moon's arm just to come off, just to come off on the mound because he overused him quite a bit. Yeah, he did. You know, and, and here's the thing: at that time, the bullpen was not a strength of the team. Um, the starting pitching was really good, but as we all know, starting pitchers. You know, they, they pull them after five innings because they don't want them to go through the order a third time. And so they would get into the bullpen, and during the regular season, you could, you could, you could pin these guys together. But once you got into the playoffs, the, the list of guys that you could trust kept getting smaller. You know, guys who you trusted even at the end of the season, they started to fade a little bit in the playoffs. And so they didn't have a whole lot of guys they could rely on. But Chapman would come in. And, and take care of business, and and so he, yeah, I mean, he rode him, he rode that horse until it got all the way to the end when he clearly had nothing left in the tank at the end of Game Seven, um, but it was enough to to hold it together to to keep the game tied. Uh, but yeah, he definitely did, and I wasn't. I think a lot of people were beating Joe Madden up. Um, my my only gripe really with Joe Madden through that was. Um, taking Kyle Hendricks out of that game early in, right. in Game 7. I would have liked to have seen him go at least finish out that inning. Um, the, only, the only really mess up that he had was a bad call by the umpire to walk a guy and they took him out and let Lester in. But if you would have let him go longer, then you would have started Lester later and then Chapman wouldn't have had to go as far as he could. And then the game probably ends after 9. Um, but looking back on it, I love the way it worked out. I mean, it was just, it was a, a fairy tale storybook. You know, it's one of those, if someone would have wrote a movie about the 2016 World Series, you would have said, all right, that's hokey. Come on. Team hasn't won 108 years. You, you, take it, you get them down 3 nothing. Then you take them to game seven. They get a big lead. They blow it. Rain delay. Then they win it. Come on. That's not even real. But that's what happened. So, Speaking of that, if let's just let's say that Ringley never happens, yeah, do you, because that kind of allowed the Cubs to reset it, and I believe totally. it was Jason Hayward that gave the speech in the clubhouse. I think. Yeah, Jason Hayward. The the story goes that Jason Hayward pulled the guys together, just the players, in in the weight room, the the visiting weight room, and just said, "Listen, guys." We have spent an entire season working our asses off. We're, we're a good team. Believe in ourselves. We, we got this. And they came out. They, they were fired up. They, they, they sort of like, they were allowed to press reset and come back out, had good at-bats, which is what they did. And they won the game. And, I, you know, I, yeah, I truly think it allowed them to reset. Baseball is such a mental game. And when you're not... 100% confident, especially going against elite relievers like Cleveland had. That was a strength of that team, is that starting pitching in the relief, uh, the relief core. When you're going against guys like that, you've got to be locked in. And they, they had sort of like lost their mojo and that, that allowed them to at least press reset and get back to kind of level. Um, I don't know that they win that without a rain delay. So, Mother Nature was on the Cubs side that day. And then... So, obviously, it's ground ball to Chris Bryant, throws to Rizzo, Cubs win the World Series. Explain your feeling from that final out till when they had the parade a couple days later. Um, wow. So, uh, 
win the World Series. I was so I'll give you the, the whole story that day. Um, a close friend of mine passed away a couple days prior to that. Oh wow! Um, the, the whole that week was crazy, right? So it's World Series week, so it's an emotional roller coaster just because of that. My my aunt, my my 96 year old aunt, died during Game Five of the World Series. During Game Five of the World Series, my Jesus. aunt, my grandma, and my sister were at her bedside watching Game Five of the World Series when she passed away. So she didn't quite make it three more days to see that Cubs World Series. So that happens. A buddy of mine died a couple days prior to that. His funeral was the, the morning of Game 7. So I go to the funeral, literally cried my, myself dry, came home. Um, I actually went back to work that day, uh, worked for a couple hours, came home, and I'm like, you know what? Like, I need to reset myself. So I went for a run. Um, I came home. I called my grandparents, who are the reason that I'm a Cubs fan. I called them, got myself right. And we sort of like got ourselves fired up for the game. Game comes on. The game is a roller coaster. Um, I'm getting all these texts by about the fifth inning from friends of mine. I grew up in, uh, around Chicago. So I'm getting text messages from all my friends who are White Sox fans saying, congratulations. Like, I'm so happy that you get to experience what we got to experience 10 years ago. This is so cool. And, and I'm like, guys, <laughs> there's still a lot of game to go. Like, chill out with that. And they're like, no, no, they got it, they got it. Well, then the Indians chip away. Rajay Davis is that home run, and I was crushed. I mean, I literally just sank into the chair or the couch. Like, I got nothing. I, I literally told my wife, I said, I have nothing left to give. Like, I'm just so emotionally drained. And um, then they won the game, and I thought I would have this epic reaction of like running around or like crying or something. And I looked at my wife, and I said, very calmly, I just said, they did it. And wow. I didn't, like, I just sat there. And then my phone started ringing. I talked to my grandpa. I talked to my mom. I talked to my aunt. I talked to friends. And, and then I sat there, and I, I sat. I pulled the ottoman, like, right in front of the TV, and I just sat there. And I was so tense. Like, when I watch really super intense sporting events, I don't like to drink because I just, I, I want to experience it totally not buzz at all. And I realized the Cubs are in the locker room celebrating, and I'm like, I need a beer. So I, it's like 1.30 in the morning. I start, you know, I have a beer. That goes down easy. I have another one. Then I have another one. Then I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> now it's 2.30 in the morning. I'm like, my alarm's going to go off in like three hours for me to go to work. So I stopped, I went to bed. I, I think I got about two hours of sleep because I, I laid in bed, I was too jacked up. I finally fell asleep, my alarm went off. Um, I get my suit on, I throw my Cubs jersey over the suit. I go to like five or six different convenience stores, gas stations on the way. I was trying to get a Chicago Tribune. And they don't, I'm, I live in Milwaukee. They don't sell the Chicago Tribune in Milwaukee. And I remember the woman at Walgreens was like, well, here, here's a Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I'm like, no, I don't want the Milwaukee paper that says the Cubs have won the World Series. I want the Chicago paper. So I go to work, and um, the head of HR comes into my office, and she goes, oh, my God, you have to be so happy right now. And I don't know why that was the moment that it happened. And she looks at me. I didn't say anything. 
She goes, oh my God, are you crying? <laughs> so that's how I spent the next couple of days. I went, so then I'll carry the story on, right? So then Friday, this is on Wednesday, so Thursday I go to work. Friday I go back to Indiana, Northwest Indiana where I grew up, to my aunt's funeral. I watch, on the way down I stop off, I get like 20 Cubs World Series shirts and I just, I walk in the door at my grandparents' house and I just start throwing them out to everybody. <laughs> um, we, we watched the parade at my grandparents' house. We were late to my aunt's funeral because we were all watching the parade. Um, I mean, it was crazy, but like, we were all her, you know, her immediate close family, so like, basically we were it. Um, and so we go to the funeral, we get to the funeral home, and where they normally have their American flag, they actually had taken it down and they put a Cubs W flag. Oh, wow. And the, the owner of the funeral home was like, we thought if there was a family to put that flag up for a funeral, your family was the one to do it and so that was cool and then we went I'm, I'm kidding this is probably far more of the story than you wanted but no it's no cool. it's fine so then so then we go we, we do you know we do the, the service and then we do the procession we drive to the funeral home and I um not the funeral home I'm sorry the, the, the cemetery and it's a humongous cemetery in my hometown and the cemetery is packed just packed. It's a beautiful Friday afternoon and it is packed with all people wearing Cubs shirts, hats, jerseys. I swear, like, every third gravestone, I'm getting the chills telling the story, every third gravestone has Cubs flags, W flags, um, jerseys. People are drinking beer at these at the graves of their family that were celebrating a World Series two oh, days yeah, after the yeah. fact. It was amazing. And then my grandpa's best friend's wife shows up. And when I was a kid, my grandpa and his best friend used to take me and my cousins and my friends to the games. We would sit in the bleachers at Wrigley Field. And so I saw her, and I gave her the biggest hug, and I cried. And I said, oh, I said, I haven't stopped thinking. Her husband died uh, probably 20 years ago. And I said, I haven't stopped thinking about Don the last, the last two days. And we both had a, you know, just a, a, a shared a smile and talked about that. Then the next day, I left, and I came back to Milwaukee while on the way. I told my wife, I said, hey, I, I really want to go to Wrigley Field. Uh, it just, I, I just, I want to go and see it, even though, you know, it's like three days now after the World Series. We go there, we found a parking spot a couple blocks away. You would have thought it was a game day. There was thousands of people walking around the park, and the Cubs at that point were in the process of ripping down the outside of the stadium and rebuilding it, and they've since rebuilt the entire stadium. Um, but they were allowing people to write on the stadium. But we got to write my grandpa's best friend's name on Wrigley Field on the brick wall outside. Oh, cool. And my family, we took pictures in front of the marquee with the Cubs World Series, 2016 World Champs. And yeah, man, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget it. Like, I, there, there's nothing, like, you look back on, I'm 39 years old. You know, at the time I was uh, 35. And there, 35 years prior to that there were just nothing but but failures and um you know getting close and screwing it up or having great regular seasons and failing miserably in the playoffs uh, or just 10 straight years of losing seasons and you sort of just get used to being Cubs fan and being a you know a fan of a team that's never going to win and you're disappointed by it but you still love your team because that's just who you are and then when they finally win 
all those things that I used to just like make my skin crawl and make me so disappointed. I look back on those things fondly because it was all part of the journey. It all it was all the things that led to what made 2006 November 2nd 2016 so incredibly beautiful. And to add to that even more, the Cubs won the World Series on a Wednesday night in Cleveland. It is Wednesday night, and the Cubs right now are playing in Cleveland. Kyle Hendricks started Game Seven. Kyle Hendricks is on the on the mound tonight, and went seven strong. Uh, and and they're up they're up five to two right now on the Indians. So kind of wow. cool that on a Wednesday night, Kyle Hendricks is pitching again. So yeah, that's that's my Cubs World Series story, man. I, and I love every second of it. Well, now but- hold on. That was a great story. And just to end all of it, also, how fitting was it? Ring night, it rains. It rained game seven. On what? On ring night. Remember ring night in Wrigley? It rained. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so, so they, yeah. they had to wear jackets and they had to cover the trophy. So it's just fitting. The thing that helped <laughs> them possibly win the World Series... It rained on ring night. And it's kinda like it's Mother Nature winking, right? Saying, Hey, I got yeah. you. Remember me? Yep. Go, go ahead, Jim. Yeah. Uh the Cubs are kind of like in the mix of a rebuild ish, I guess, maybe rebuild retooling. Um what do you cha- how do you feel about the Cubs team right now? Well, I feel great. They've got the best record in baseball. So um I I think they've got great Really strong starting pitching. Um, Kyle Hendricks being at the front of that. Uh, I think their offense has looked incredible. Um, they have gone back to the approach of 2016 where they don't, you know, 17, 18, and 19, they just, it seemed like all they wanted to do was hit home runs and put up stats. And, and they would have so many just bad at bat. I mean, they would have games where it was just one bad at bat after another. And it's almost like Ross has sort of brought it back to say, hey guys, remember 20, 2016 when we go to a game and our mission in that game was to chase the starting pitcher out early. And not because they piled up runs, it's because they piled up pitch count. And so you watch games now, they played, so they played, they played Cleveland and Carrasco's on the mound and Carrasco has been you know, striking guys out like crazy this season so far. And he's been doing it by throwing sliders out, out, out of the zone. And so what do the Cubs do? They just sit there and they take pitches. <laughs> and he's at 100 and some pitches in the, like, three and a third. And so they chase him out of the game. They chase him out of the game. They score five runs. And that's what they did in 2016 is they would chase the starter out early because they'd get the pitch count up. And then they would just pulverize the bullpen. And they're, they're playing that same formula this year. And they're, because of that, they're able to mask the bullpen, which, you know, is developing – um, you know, they've got some, some veteran guys who aren't pitching to their, their, the back of their baseball card. And they've got some really young guys with really good, strong tools. But these guys are trying to figure out how to pitch to big league batters. And, uh, and you know, 60-game season, is that enough for these guys to figure it out when it comes to, to October, if they make it that far? Um, I don't know. But um, I like the Cubs' chances this season as far as uh, uh, making the playoffs. Um once the playoffs start, it's going to be a crapshoot because the Cincinnati Reds right now are four, have a 471 winning percentage, and they're the eighth seed in the National League. 
and they could very easily play the Cubs in the first round, get hot, beat them two games, and now all of a sudden the Cubs, who right now have a, a 786 winning percentage, uh, could be out in two games. So who knows? Plus, remember too, right? Everyone in the National League Central may play 20 games left. They say the Cardinals could start their series this weekend, but who knows? So, I I think the whole winning percentage thing, you know, I think the whole winning percentage thing is, you know, it's bad. Because even right now, Marlins, even, even though they're starting to come down a little bit, at one point, the Braves had a better record than them, but because they had the best winning percentage, they won first. So it's kind it's kind of weird. Plus, I also don't like it because now, especially for the Yankees, right? Because me and James are Yankee fans. They could potentially have to play a three-game series, and all it takes is they could lose two games in the first three-game series. It, it's, it's not something that, that's impossible from happening. And that and, and that's not baseball. Baseball isn't a three-game series. It's not literally seven-inning baseball. That's why yeah. I changed my stance where this year's championship, it counts. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to win. I think if you're a... I, I was, it's funny, right before we recorded this, I was on another podcast and we talked about that. Um how this season is going to be, it's going to be weird because if you're, if you're a fan of the Yankees or the Cubs who are, you know, arguably record-wise, uh, the Yankees have the, the best record or the second best record in, in the American League and the Cubs have the best record in the National League. Those two teams, if you're a fan of those two teams, you probably hate the, the new playoff system because more teams, it's going to be harder to get through it. But if you're a fan of six, seven, or eight seed, you love it because ordinarily, you're out of it. Right. But now you've got a shot. And if you're a casual baseball fan and your team is out, you're going to love it too because, you know, you've got now you've got 16 teams in the playoffs, which is more than half the league, and it's more playoff games, which playoff games equals drama, and it's I'll, fun. I'll be honest, I'm not... I'm not a fan of the expanded postseason. Not a fan. No, me either. No, me either. I'm only glad it's for this season and the next season it's back to traditional formats. Um, The only only couple of things that I I would be okay if they carry over, I'm a fan of the DH because I'm not a fan of pitchers hitting. So I hope that carries over into next year. Um, The runner on second base, extra inning rule, eh, like... If, if it's maybe like the 12th or 13th inning, I can I can live with that. I'm cool with the three batter minimum rule. That's fine. But other than that, though, like that's that that's to me. I'm not a fan of that. I'm not just saying that because God forbid that the Orioles get hot and they can beat the Yankees two games. It's just that like you, you basically have to believe in the playoffs. Like the Mets are playing terrible and they're like the eighth seed right now. So I, I'm not a I, I'm not I'm not a proponent of ex, of expansion playoffs. I'm I'm more of a proponent of traditionalists. You know, you earn earn your merits. Um, it is what it is. But I'm just I'm just not a fan of it. That's just yeah. I think that's just me. yeah. And I, I 
I, I think here's the thing. Normally, baseball plays 162 games, which at the end of that, you get a really true outcome as far as who the best 10 teams are, or at least the best five teams are in each league, because it's a true marathon. And, and, and rarely does do you get that, like, oh, my God, I can't believe that team made it. Because over the course of 162, um, all the wrinkles get ironed out, and, and the teams that have a bad month can still overcome that. Here, every game equals 2.7 games. So basically one game is like a yeah. full normal series in a regular season. So if you have uh, a, a bad, you know, three, <laughs> three, four, five games, that could be the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. There's, so, there's such a small room for error. So I'm okay with more teams making the playoffs this year. Um because it's not really a true indication of like who who are the you know, who are the best teams after the regular season. So get more teams in. Baseball in the playoffs is different anyway uh, than the regular season. So I I, th- I still think the best teams are going to be in the final four, if you will, the NLCS and the ALCS. Um, but you might get some weird stuff that'll happen in the first uh, the first round. I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting to see. I actually went back and looked at the last 10 years of the first 60 games of the season and who was who would have made the playoffs. And it's interesting. I mean, there's a lot of cases where uh, through the first 60 games, uh, a team would have made the playoffs and then finished in last place. After once, play another 100 games and they finish in last place. And there's plenty of times where uh, there were a couple situations where the World Series champion after 60 games didn't even make the playoffs, and both of those times were San Francisco Giants. Two of their three World Series. After 60 games, they were not one of the top five teams in the National League. So, you, you know, you could have a team like, uh, you know, like Milwaukee, who's I think one of the five best teams in the National League, who may not make the playoffs this year because it's only a 60-game season, and they've historically had really good second halves the last two or three years. Well, they're off to a poor start. They're they're under 500 right now. So who knows? It, it'll be interesting. But my, my biggest concern is I have no faith in Rob Manfred as the leader of, of baseball. Um, I, I think just about every decision he's made has been um, either wrong or he has presented it poorly. Um, he's not good at being the face of the organization. He's, a, he's he lies, uh, which, you know, I guess that's the thing if you're going to be the, the, the face of something these days, you're, it's perfectly acceptable to lie. Um, but but that's sort of his, his thing. And, and I, so I don't know, my hope is that we don't have eight teams making the playoffs every year. I'd love to go back to five from each league. But, you know, I don't know. It'll be interesting to unwind this. Actually, the, the eight teams making the playoffs, that's the, that's the Players Association thing. The, 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 the players wanted that uh, more so than the owners. Well, yeah, it's yeah. At, the, at the end of the day, it all comes down to money. I guess the only real way we'll know people's moods on this play, playoff format is is what the LCSs are. If the if the AL yeah. and the National League Championship Series are what is expected, it's okay. Nothing's bad. But if it's the Marlins against the Diamondbacks in the NLCS. If if it's the if let's say the Orioles against 
the the worst team in the AOS, right? That's that's a trash AL and NLCS. No one is gonna yeah. care. And um, last baseball before we go into football, it's part of the business, but I've never been a fan of manipulation. So what did you think when the Cubs made Chris Bryant wait two and a half weeks before he made his major league debut? Um, I think that the Cubs are well within their right to do it. I also think that the rule is trash. Um, so I understand why the Cubs did it. Every single major league team did it. Um, I just, I think it sucks. I felt terrible for Chris Bryant. Um, I mean, Chris Bryant's going to get paid this offseason, so I don't feel that terrible for him. It took him an extra year to get paid. Um, I would have felt terrible for Chris Bryant had he gotten hurt before, you know, shortly after that, right, and didn't get the chance to really earn. I mean, he's, he's making, I think, 12 or $15 million this year because of arbitration, so he's, uh, he's doing all right for himself. But, yeah, I hate the rule. I absolutely hate it. Having said that, Marcus Stroman, yeah. I love what he did. Really? Yeah, because the, the oh, owners, I'm smart. I'm smart. The I owners, the, yeah, exactly. The owners, they take advantage of the rule and they they impact the players. But the player, when he does it, he gets crapped on. But I love it. I love that he did it. Now he's a, now he qualifies for free agency. He's going to go out. He's going to get paid. And I love it. The man has earned his money. And I just, it's an interesting system that baseball's got. Um, baseball, the Baseball Players Union is one of the most powerful unions in the world. Yet that service time, you know, service time manipulation thing is just a weird one. I don't know. It's, it's a weird one. For me, for me, the only reason why I got mad at Stroman is because of the of the year this is with with coronavirus. Um, the Mets already lost Noah Syndergaard for the, for the whole year. So, when you go into thinking what your roster is with a weird year, they only have so many good pieces. So, where if you're counting on Marcus Stroman, and, and he was already hurt, but he was close to come back. So, let's say he would have had seven more starts. You'd rather see him there than maybe now messing up your bullpen. So, I get why he did it. He no, he obviously no longer wants to be a Met. So, he did he did what he did to, to be a free agent next year. But, it's just misleading. Because, Major League teams do it to players from the start. They don't bring them up, right? And then, put them back down. They, they know from the start, okay, listen... You'll, you'll be a cub, but you're going to wait two weeks, you know? So that's that's where I think Strowman kind of played a role. Yeah, I think, you know, the other thing, too, is you've got to think. I mean, he, let's say, he, he may have gone into the season thinking, hey, let's see how the Mets start the season. If they come out hot, then then it's worth me taking the risk. Right, it's worth me taking the risk to play during a pandemic. Um, 
when you know we already know that players aren't doing things responsibly. Uh, classic example is look at Zach Plesac and Mike Clevenger. You know they they put their their team at risk by going out to a bar in Chicago and partying. Um, by the way, their teammates were not happy. Adam Pluko, uh, very very uh, outgoing about his displeasure for what they did in the media last night after the game. Um, and so you, know, you, you factor all that stuff in. You factor in the fact that the Marlins had outbreaks. Um, you, know, you factor in Freddie Freeman was pretty outgoing about his experience with COVID. You factor in the Cardinals. He's already coming off of an injury, and he's going to come back and risk it all playing for a, bat, a team in a contract year. I don't, I don't have any – see, I'm always a guy that's going to probably side with the player. Um, I'm going to side with the millionaire far more than I'm ever going to side with the billionaire. Um, because those billionaires, those 30 billionaires, they, uh, they only really care about uh, their own money, and they've got enough of it, and if they get screwed over, yeah, I'm okay with them. Um, what were you guys talking about? I stepped away for a minute. Okay, um, no, I, I was just, anyways, like, it, it, it's basically, no, basically it's like, um, about how, um, Clevenger, how Clevenger and, um, Clevenger and, um, Cleastack would be idiots, and, and to, and it's funny, too, you brought that up, man, it's like, their teammate, um, Carrasco is a cancer survivor, so you're putting him in danger as well. Plus, ter- plus Terry Francona, who just got back from a sickness, too. Yeah. And also, too, don't forget that in Boston, um, Eduardo Rodriguez um, is, um, suffered from myocarditis with his experiences with, um, with COVID. And now he's in recovery mode. So you've got to understand that when you go out in this pandemic, you're putting others at risk. And these guys thinking that, oh, you know, it's young, I'm going to have a good time. Like, you got to think, this is a pandemic. We've never seen a, a virus like this in our lifetime. We've got right. we to, we you know, be smart and understand that. we got to think of others. You may be fine, but what if literally, like, you know, outspoken about this? Right. Here's my thing. Uh, yeah. If... If I'm Carlos Carrasco or Terry Francona and I get sick, I, I, I'm giving, I am making sure that Zach Plezak and Mike Clevenger pay for anything. Pay for any health care that they need. Because, I actually, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe not Plezak because he wouldn't rent the car. But Mike Clevenger had the nerve to get on the plane. I get it. You don't want to rat yourself out. But. Please act. You're already in trouble. Why Why don't you want to snitch? In this situation. Snitching is not a bad thing. Alright. And then he had the nerve to get back on the plane. And then I don't know how they found out. I, I would like to know how, how he got caught. But. Is it worth it? Now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure how, how you've been with socializing, but lately, this past month, me and James have been socializing a lot. But, but I'll tell you right now, if I had a job that was paying me millions of dollars, let's, let's just say six, and that's round even number. If my job was paying me six million dollars, and they said, 
for the next, let's say, three months. Home, work. The only way you can leave your home is if you necessarily need groceries. Other than that, you, it's, it's home, work, groceries, home. That's it. You know what I'll say? Guys, I'll see you in three months. We can video chat. We can FaceTime. But my job, my job is telling me, listen, you, you can't get sick. It's only home to work. You know what? That, that, that's what I would do. And what's even sadder, too, I'm, I'm pretty sure the clubs will get these players anything they want for, for their hotels if they're on the road. I'm, I'm pretty sure. So I don't understand why they had to go out in Chicago. If, if you said L.A. or Miami or New York, all right. But okay, have you been to Chicago before? Uh, no. But 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 is it? I, I grew up out of. I, it's a great city, man. It is a great party city. Trust me. In the summertime, it, it, it's an amazing place to be. It's it yeah yeah, but it's it's known for a party city though. Well, there's six million people that live there. Okay. And you got. I mean, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's a great city. Chicago is a great city. I've been to Chicago. It's a fantastic city. Um, well, I, I, I just wasn't sure if it was a party city because cause when you hear Miami, you think party. When when you hear LA, oh, yeah. you think party. When you yeah, hear I New think, York, you think party. So I I, yeah, Chicago, I didn't think Chicago, Chicago was like, like a... Chicago is a blue-collar, it's a very it's a big-ass place, right? But it's a blue-collar city. Uh, people go out and have fun. You go out there, I mean, probably not right now, but last summer, you go and, I mean, the summers in Chicago, I don't know that there is a better city in, in, a, in America than, than Chicago in the summer. There might be cities that are, that are equally as fun, but it, it, there's, just, there's bars everywhere, there's restaurants, there's festivals, there's sports, there's concerts. I mean, it's, it's great, and you've got so many people, it's so diverse. There's so much going on. It's a great place to be. Um, one thing I'll add about the, the, the police at Clevenger thing, I think it's a microcosm of, of what's going on in our country, is we've got, we've got a bunch of people who are taking it very seriously and who are... The, the COVID is, is one of those things, and, and I think the reason that we as a country are with it is because we're a selfish group of people. Um, as a country, before we give other people. And even in the face of a national global pandemic, people have made it, like, if everyone did their part, like, everything that we do is to help other people in this pandemic, right? You wear a mask, not because it's protecting you, but because it's protecting your uh, air droplets from going into someone else's respiratory system and infecting them if you, in fact, have the disease. But people don't want to wear it because it's just, it's a pain in the ass. It's annoying. I sit in meetings with people all day long that, that in a 20-minute meeting, they've got to take their mask off because it's too much. I sat in a meeting today for two hours, and I wore my mask the entire time, and I thought, this is annoying. But you know what? I'm going to do it for other people in the room. I was the only one that kept my mask on the whole time. So it's one of those things where, like, it requires you to think about other people, but most of the time, people are just selfish, and they don't think about other people. But so I, I guess we shouldn't be that surprised that we are where we are. Um, but anyway, that's that's my soapbox.
about COVID. You know what it is too? It's it's no one wants to be told what to do. So they they think their own personal freedom is being forced to hey, you gotta keep that mask on. So because they hear that they think, you know what, who are you to tell me to put to keep my mask on all the time? That's right. that's probably why they do it. I agree. No, I, I totally agree, man. Um, switching gears to the NFL, so, so, question, are you a Chicago Bears fan, my friend? I'm a Chicago Bears fan, you got it. So, now, <laughs> this is the most important question I have to ask. Mr. Yeah. Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely do not win a Super Bowl. Okay. 
And and James is the biggest Mahomes fan that I know, and I bet he agrees with me. Yeah. So, uh, let's... Oh, okay, okay, right, right? He has Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Who on the Bears is like Ty- Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? Well, the Bears have one of the best defenses in the game. They do. The Chiefs don't. But, again, that's not the question. And so if you if you give, if you put an elite quarterback with an elite defense, I mean, think about, think about this. Think about the Bears defense holding a team down and a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. And if you're an elite quarterback like Patrick Mahomes is because you just got paid $500 million. Right, right, lead. right. But, but this is Chiefs Mahomes. We are going Bears Mahomes with no Tyreek Hill, no Travis Kelsey, no other good wide receivers. So you're kind of getting away from my question here. So I'll ask it again. Who is Mahomes throwing the ball to that's like Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey? Well, they, here's the thing. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to your question, but I, I've got to get, I've got to get, I've got to explain the rationale before I, before I answer. Okay. So... Look at Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers quarterback, arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks, probably top three most accurate quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. The guy can put it on a dime from 50 yards down the field at a running target that's being tightly guarded, tightly covered. And I'm a Bears fan that lives in Wisconsin, and there's nothing I dislike more than Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> but i got to show respect to the guy. The guy is incredible. Now... Aaron Rodgers hasn't had great receivers. He hasn't. Right. James Jones was a stud. Jordy Nelson, stud. They both left. They both went to the Raiders. And you know what? They were trash. And and then he also had Randall Cobb, too. Right. the, The list of guys who were really good, who left Rodgers and went somewhere else to get paid, to turn into trash, is been long, right? And and the, the list goes on. There's so many good quarterbacks that make wider, like, look at guys that, that play for the Patriots. Tom Brady made those receivers, those tight ends, really, really good. I'm not saying Travis Kelsey would be a slouch if he played on a different team, but I don't know if Travis Kelsey is what Travis Kelsey is, or Tyreek Hill is what he is, without Patrick Mahomes. Those quarterbacks make those guys so much better. Hmm. And so my point is, if you take Mahomes off, you just switch Trubisky and Mahomes. I think, I don't think that we're looking at Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill with the same regard that we do now. And it's possible that there is someone on the Bears that we look at and think, man, that dude's elite. How How did he slip all the way to the third round? Because Patrick Mahomes is making him better. Mitch Trubisky's not the type of quarterback that's going to make guys significantly better, exponentially better, whereas I think Mahomes is, which is why the Chiefs gave him $500 million. I think Trubisky is going to... Trubisky's probably going to, at at his best, he's going to get... He's going to level the talent up. To what probably what they 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 were intended to be, Mahomes is going to make a talent better, significantly better, and, and 
right places whereas Trubisky can't. So um, to answer your question, if Mahomes is on the Bears, I think the Bears two years ago, I think the Bears have if you put the best quarterback in the NFL on that team, they'd be the favorite to win the Super Bowl. I can't guarantee they win it because the best team doesn't always win it, but they'd be the favorite for sure. They were thirteen they were twelve and four with Trubisky. If you put Mahomes on that team, it's not coming. It's not coming down to a field goal against Philadelphia. I'll tell you that much. I'm gonna say this. Um, it's now Andy Reid is a quarterback whisperer, so I think he could make Trubisky somewhat reasonable. I mean, he'd be better. I agree. He'd be better. Yeah, yeah. He, he would be better. Now Trubisky would not anywhere near as good as Mahomes, but I think if Mahomes went, was drafted by Chicago and you had Allen Robinson, which I which I believe, I don't know if he got time anymore, but yeah, you have um, yeah. so Allen Robinson, um, Tyree Cohen, you guys got some, some weapons, I mean you guys have like a bunch of tight ends. So I, I think with having a great quarterback and an elite defense I'm not sure the Bears win a Super Bowl. Like, I'm not sure if Mahomes is, like, maybe. I'm not sure if he's, like, Kansas City Mahomes. But he would, he would give the Bears. Like, he, I'm going to put you this way. If Mahomes was on the Bears, he'd be the best quarterback the Bears have ever had in their franchise this year. I think that's a fact. And I'm not overstating it. I mean, I mean. No, he's one of the best quarterbacks that just about every franchise had. I mean, he's, people are already saying he's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Uh, that's debatable. The Patriots had Brady, Colts had Manning. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm not saying everyone has. I'm just saying yeah. there's a lot of teams that if he, if Mahomes was on their team as a part of their franchise, that oh, he would I mean, just look, again, it goes back to the, the money. Okay, so is Patrick Mahomes the greatest quarterback that's ever played for the Chiefs? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is he a better quarterback than Joe Montana? Chiefs Joe Montana? No. Yes. Chiefs Montana. 49ers Montana? No. No. Chiefs Montana, yes. Yes, he's better than Chiefs Montana, for sure. Yeah. Although he, no, did, I, although he did leave, although Chiefs Montana did lead them to a title game, so. I, I, Mahomes beat that. He, 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 he led them to a title game and a Super Bowl. Beat that. I know, Don't. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I, I know, I'm just saying. But Chiefs, but, John Elway's sheets led them to a to an AFC title but I know Mahomes beat that. I'm just saying. I, I think if you look at where Mahomes is in his career, what he's accomplished, the level of play that he's put up, he, he's certainly trending in the right direction. He got the pay that says it that the Chiefs believe that he will be. Um, I think. I mean, I, I sort of made that comment about in jest. I don't know. I mean. He's got a long way to go before you start putting him in the conversation of being the greatest with one of the greatest of all time. Um, he's damn good, and he's trending in the right direction. But, but I need, like, five to seven more years of elite every year Patrick Mahomes is in the top three of the MVP for me to consider him to be one of the, to be one of the top greatest quarterbacks of all time. I mean, certainly, I'll give him this. He's probably the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, yeah, but 
he's got he's got to do a lot more to become one of the greatest of all time. But having said that, there's still a number of franchises that if he was on their team right now, he'd be the best quarterback in their franchise. Oh, of course. Here's here's oh, my here's my thing for Mahomes. So far, title game, Super Bowl. So I like consistency. Maybe not win a Super Bowl every year, but he has to get to at least, he has to win their division, and he has to get to at least a title game for with, with doing what he's done in the regular season for the next three to five seasons. Maybe, maybe, maybe even six for me to say he's really got something. Because right now, too many people are already saying he's done enough. There has actually been some people in the ESPN industry who says he's a Hall of Famer if he retires today. And I'm sorry. I don't care who I piss off. That is nuts. There is no way he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, but but it's trying too hard. Just like Tyreek Hill, I get why he did it. And I'm a Patriot fan, so that's also why it bothered me. He has the audacity to say they're chasing Jordan. Stick to the same sport, at least. You are not chasing Jordan. If anything, when any basketball player says they're chasing Jordan, you're wrong. You're not chasing Jordan. You're chasing Bill Russell. In NFL, everybody is chasing Tom Brady. That is who you're chasing. Tom Brady has the most championships in NFL. That is who you're chasing. You are not chasing Michael Jordan. You are chasing Tom Brady. I get it. He's still playing. Maybe if he was retired, maybe maybe it's different. But that annoyed me. You are not chasing Jordan. You are chasing the guy who's still playing. So that that annoyed me. Was to probably get under the skin of people like you. Or to get under the skin of a guy like Tom Brady. Yep. Maybe, but it just sounds stupid, though. It just, it just sounds dumb. You know what it is, man? Nick is a passionate Patriot fan. He took the word that face value. He took the word that face value. That means in baseball, we got to change Yogi. If Yogi got 10 rings, so if you're the greatest, you got to have 11 rings. Okay? It's true. Well, baseball, so that's what that means. So wait, wait. So that means in hockey, you're, you're, you're chasing the, you're, you're ch- oh, what you call it? You're, cha- oh, you're chasing Gretzky. You're chasing Gretzky. Yes. Cool. All right. Whoever has the most right. rings, that's that's who you're factually chasing. Everybody wants to love Michael Jordan because he's six and all. I get it, but no one's chasing Jordan in the NBA. I'm sorry. If you say you're chasing Jordan, you're factually being wrong. Here's the problem with your argument, though. See, if that's the, see, and help me out here, man. How just can you argue facts? Have, 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 just because you have more rings doesn't automatically make you the best. Robert Horry has seven. So, I so was going to add, Robert Horry better than LeBron James? Yeah. So, 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 is Robert Horry that much better than LeBron James? Is Horry got seven? If that's the case, is Horry got more Of course not. Of course not. But again, Robert Horry does not lead the NBA in seven rings. There's a guy that has more than that. So it's just about factually chasing. People want to say Jordan because he's six and all. So Bill Russell is better than Michael Jordan. That's it. So Bill Russell is much better than Michael Jordan. Is that the argument? 
they're, they're different eras, but Bill Russell was fantastic when he played. Yes. Going by the ring argument. Yeah. What you're saying is true. Bill, Bill Russell's an all-time great player. Better, he's, he's... No, but it's, it's better than Jordan then. But I'm going by yeah, the why not? Why not? Yeah. He was a fantastic player. Yeah. Help me out here, man. Help me out here. Well, hey, I love... I just love that with it, even though we talk football, we talk about Patrick Mahomes. Because my, my thing on my podcast is baseball, right? And Patrick Mahomes was a hell of a baseball prospect, but his dad played Major League Baseball, so I like the tie in there. I don't know if that was intentional, but I like it. <laughs> that, 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 that wasn't thought. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, and, and all, all you Jordan Sicker fans, come, come in the comments, go ahead, I do not care about your feelings. I'm just saying, factually, factually, Bill Russell has the most championships in the NBA. Tom pa- Ed- Patrick Edward Brady has the most championships in the NFL. All right, so that's who chasing. It's it's a fact. No one can argue that fact. Be mad. Go ahead. Make my day. Anyway, um, the Chiefs are the prohibitive favorites in the NFL in Super Bowl, but obviously the NFL. Cold weather games and it's slow motion, 
and they've got the big voice guy talking over it, yeah. and and they show the the offensive and the defensive linemen lined up in cold weather, and you see their breath coming out, right? And the breath of the defensive tackle goes, you see the smoke go right into the offensive tackle's face mask. That that happens in warm weather too. You just don't see it. My point to that is, if the defensive tackle on the Raiders is sick, so will the offensive line of the, the Jets. They're going to get sick because they're going to be breathing that in for an entire game. And so I think what's going to happen is you're going to have a guy get sick. He's going to, he's going to get you know he's going to get sick. He's going to play in a game. He's going to get other guys sick. And now you've got two teams that are down. And what, look at the Cardinals. They, they haven't played a game in two weeks. So in a 16-game schedule, you're going to have a team, let's call them the Seahawks, miss two weeks, maybe three weeks of games because of COVID, because 30 guys have tested positive and the rest of them are in quarantine. And now what? It's on winning percentage in the NFL? So I, I, I don't, oh God, I I don't know. That. I don't know how they do it. Um, it's sort of like... Who's the who's the best team in baseball? Well, it's the team that's probably going to stay the healthiest, and the team that doesn't get COVID. It's probably the team that's going to end up making it the furthest. And it's it sort of sucks to say it, but it's going to be a battle of attrition. If Patrick Mahomes gets COVID, the Chiefs are screwed. Yeah, because they're not. They're they're going to lose the games he's not there, and then God forbid he ends up with something worse than than just you know standard symptoms. He gets something worse that lingers. of the Cowboys are staying in hotels and a couple months back Arians joked about it but but he's smart about doing it you keep a third quarterback away right and then maybe what they could do is have bigger roster sizes because 53 is probably not enough and just keep all those extra players away and if you keep a quarterback if you keep a quarterback away I mean, how many teams have a quarterback who you're like, who's not your starting quarterback, who you have on your roster, who you're like, hell yeah, this guy comes in, we are solid. Like, well, I mean, two minutes to go in the game, we get the ball, and, and we're down three. This guy's going to drive us down and score a touchdown. There's no backup quarterback in the NFL you feel great about like that. Because there's not even 32 oh, good NFL starting quarterbacks. Not even Andy Dalton? <laughs> It's, it's just about trying to keep players away and and like and like maybe they can do meetings to where instead of everybody in the room looking at game film, maybe you know, three three, four people at a time or do everything virtually. And then the only time you get on the field two nights or a night before game day, you you get them in the practice field. Quick, quickly run through a couple of series, and then you you try to see what happens. But you can't do a shortened season. It has to be 17 games. I do not want to see you no know, 12 or 10 week football game. I don't want to see it. If it's that, I'd rather not have football. Because if, if it, even when you go from 162 to 60, that's a lot. 
but 60 games also at the same time is a little bit representable. You're, you're going to know a little bit what, what some good teams are through 60 games. So with football, it's just, you know, football is very stubborn, I'm telling you. The only way they are not starting on time, and that's, and that's they, they even push it back a little bit, is, is someone big is going to have to get coronavirus. Tom Brady would have to get it. Breeze would have to get it. Mahomes would have to get it. Someone big. And then, unless that happens, that's the only way I could see it not starting in time. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like in, um, baseball. Like, Marlins got the outbreak. Okay, whatever. Marlins. Marlins, Cardinals got the outbreak. Fine. If a team like the Yankees and the Dodgers, they, it's like, nah, you know what? Nah. We don't can this. That's, that's what's going to happen. It, it takes, like, a huge... A uh, huge major star for the NFL to be like, ah, you know what? We're just gonna like not have a team. Am I wrong? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman's arguably the best first baseman in the National League. Yeah. And he got really sick, and baseball was like, sweet. You probably have a backup first baseman. Put him in. I, I just. I don't. The owners again. It goes back to these billionaires. They don't care about the players. They want. The, they want these guys on the field. So they can cash in on the TV money they're going to get. And they really want to get to the playoffs because they want to cash in on the TV money. That's why it goes, I'm going to take it back to baseball. That's why they had an opportunity to play a 100-game season. Because when, when, they, when they had the cutoff for the 100-game season, our coronavirus numbers as a country were far better than they were when they started the 60-game season. Far better. Right. They waited until a 60-game season because that was the minimum Calendar. that the owners thought was they, they were going to have, that was the most, the, the minimum they could have to have a representative season to then get to a playoff because they knew they were going to have fans in the state, in the seats. So they wanted yeah. that playoff, TV playoff money. That's it. That's what it's all about. The, the, <laughs> if you look at college football, all the division, the NCAA came out and said, hey, we're not going to do fall sports for Division Two. We're not going to do fall sports for Division Three. Why, why was it okay? Why is it okay for Division One college football to play? What's the difference between Clemson football versus uh, Alverno College volleyball? <laughs> so Clemson football is going to bring in millions and millions of dollars every Saturday afternoon when they show up on your TV. That's all it's about. So it's worth risking the health of 18 to 21 year olds who aren't paid anyway so so these colleges can make millions and millions of dollars it's all about it's all about that dollar man that's all it is that's all that's all anything is if you, if you want to know why something happens in the world it's chase the money i definitely politics, agree with that if it's religion if it's sports but but let's say me. let's say if it's a prominent team, right? For baseball, Yankees, Dodgers, football, Patriots, Chiefs, Cowboys, right? Ho- hockey, whoever the two biggest hockey teams are. For 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 basketball, Clippers, Lakers, and let's say Bucks because they're most likely gonna run the East. If those teams have 
multiple, multiple players, because it hasn't happened yet, if those teams have multiple, multiple players test positive and they can't field a representative team to what they would be, the leagues would have to think differently. Because the Marlins, let's face it, if, 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 if you're in the heads of the owners, they probably could give two craps because they know they're not going to go anywhere. The Cardinals, they're talented, but I highly doubt they're making it to the CS. So, but if, you, if you're talking Yankees-Dodgers, and, and, and then the Yankees have to miss two weeks, and imagine having the Yankees play three double-headers a week for four straight weeks just to make up games... They, they they would play horribly, even if they got every one of their guys back. That's too many games. So, so far we're lucky where we haven't seen a prominent player in season because Freddie Freeman got corona the last week of spring. So, so far we haven't had that. So, until we have that, I think sports will not skip a beat. But if... A big death happens, or a big prominent player has to miss a bunch of games. I think the tunes will change. Just remember, guys, cash holds everything around me. Dow dollar bills, y'all. All about the cream. <laughs> y'all think it's a joke? <laughs> y'all think what Wu-Tang says is a joke? But everything revolves around cream, man. Cash rules everything. That's just how it goes. Everything in life revolves on the dollar bill. Now, I want to talk about um, Cam, the Patriots. How do you think Cam's going to do in his first season under Bill Belichick? Um, I personally don't have very high expectations. I think Cam. Oh, you're breaking my heart, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Listen, man, the first, the first hour and 34 minutes, I loved you. I, I, I thought you were a fantastic human being, a great member of our lovely society, but I'm sorry, um, not to use a pun here, but you're taking a terrible turn, alright? You're, you're taking a turn for the worst. Listen, listen, he's, he's making some sales 
I know your forms, and I like to hear them out. I, 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 I like to hear them out. Oh, shut up. I, I, I really honestly think that he's made some really salient points so far. I'm enjoying it. Those, those are some really salient points. Now, what about Dak? Do you think Dak is going to stay with um, the Cowboys long term? Yeah, I think they're going to work something out. I mean, he signed, he wouldn't have signed the uh, uh, franchise for end of the season. Yeah, the franchise tag. Thank you. My, my, my brain stopped working there. He wouldn't have signed the franchise tag this season if there wasn't already a handshake agreement they were going to negotiate in good faith. I, I truly don't. I mean, now do I think Dax Prescott is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL? Eh. I mean, I think he's, he's good. He's certainly better than who the Bears have. I take him on the Bears, no problem. But... I don't know. Like, if he ends up getting money close to what Mahomes gets, then I would be. I'd probably question Jerry. Although I question Jerry a lot. Jerry said today he's gonna have fans in the stadium. That's what he said. Yeah, go for it. Uh, we'll see how that works out for him. So people end up going to those games. So your that place is so damn big. You yeah. can probably put twenty thousand people in that place. It could be very spread out. I don't know if you've ever been inside that that stadium, but no, I have not. I have not. It is just. It's Two or three dollars more than that? 
Yeah, they make you know they make between game day staff. Those are those are high demand jobs, so they know they, they don't pay. Those people get made. They get they get paid probably ten to fifteen bucks an hour, right? So you're gonna ask someone who's gonna make ten to fifteen bucks an hour to go and put themselves at risk because a bunch of people want to watch a football game. A billionaire wants to make a couple bucks. It's completely and utterly irresponsible if they do it. But I'll tell you, if the league says it's okay and the, the local municipality says it's okay, you know they're going to do it. Um, like, like I said, that's what I said. I personally wouldn't do it because I think that's morally irresponsible. But we know, but like, but we know the greedy billionaires are going to do whatever it takes to make some of the revenue lost. You know as well as I do. They'll find a way. And, when, and with these owners, they can, they, they can work a quote-unquote deal with the municipalities and the governors. So they're going to find a way. I, I'm, 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 I'm telling you that if Jerry Jones opens this Pandora's box and that happens, and let's just say, let's, let's, let's just say like it works, it works so far. You know as well as I do that that's going to put more pressure on the other owners to do that, and then you're going to see them trying to make deals with the with the local municipalities, but you know that's going to happen. So just keep an eye on that. Now again, I'm not recommending it. I don't approve. I think it's a bad idea. But if, you, but if, what, if I'm hearing what the Reds want to do, then you know other owners are going to take notice. That's just what I think. Uh, you mentioned earlier that you think the Cowboys made a handshake agreement to Dak that they're going to take care of him. The reason why I don't think that's true, because so far, they've done everything but take care of Dak. They basically are punching Dak in the face and saying, we know you're so desperate to stay here. First, we'll take care of a guy... Who, who can wait two years to get paid. We're going to take care of Zeke. Okay? Now, we just got this guy, Amari Cooper, to trade. But we deem him so much more valuable than you. We're going to sign him. Also, his stats are way better with Zeke Elliott on the field. So, what if I'm the Cowboys, also, me signing Dak long-term... Depends on this year. Because even with Dak's best year, they couldn't even go to a title game. So why am I lead to believe, when he's older now, that he's all of a sudden going to find it? So... Well, here, here you are. Now you put me in a position where I'm going to defend Dak Prescott. I didn't think I'd get here. But... Oh, my God. <laughs> well, this is what I, think I do. Here's the thing. I think to your, to your argument of them not taking care of Dak, I would argue that the trading for Amari Cooper and extending Ezekiel Elliott and giving him money is taking care of Dak Prescott because you made the point that he's better with Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield. So he's given him his best weapon. He's extended him long term. They're playing it smart by not giving him all the money now because they're just playing it out, right? They don't have to pay him big-time money for the next however long, six, seven, ten years, because the league rules allow them just to pay him like a top top three or top five quarterback, whatever the, the franchise tag is. Um, and they can let him continue to develop. He's still young enough. You know, if you look at the, the great quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, the, the, the last two guys, 
those guys are playing late. I mean, they're late in their career, and they're still, they're not as good as they were five years ago, but they're still elite. Right. And, and I think my point is, Dak's very, very young, and I think that he's still going to continue to improve. And I, I think what's, what's the point in paying him when you don't have to pay him? But they're make, he's got an elite offensive line. He's got Ezekiel Elliott, who, to your point, they do perform a lot better when, as a team when Zeke's in the backfield and he can hand him the ball and he's got the threat of, uh, of a top-end, a high-end running back to then bring the defense in to open up the passing lane. I mean, I think they're doing everything they can to put him in the right spot. And I think this year is, if he continues to play like he has, he'll get paid. I, I truly think he will. Now, again, it's it's sort of like, you know, the NBA, the worst place you can be in the NBA is, like, from, like, six seed to, like, the, the, the end of the lottery. Because you kind of get stuck in that hell where you don't have a star. You can't get up to the top one or two seed. And you're not bad enough to get a lottery pick to get that guy. The NFL, you get an NFL hell when you have a guy who's probably like um, top half. Yeah, yeah. You have a top. He's a guy who's a quarterback who's who's somewhere between like eight and and fifteen in terms of rankings in the NFL, right? And Dak might be a little bit better than eight, but I'm just off the top of my head without listing them all out. But you can't necessarily just dump that guy because the odds of getting another guy as good as him are terrible, terrible. There's so many more bad quarterbacks. There, like I said earlier, there aren't even 32 quality NFL starting quarterbacks in the entire NFL. Wow. And so there's really only like four or five guys who you're like, that guy, regardless of who he's got, is capable of making everyone around him better. He's, going to, he's capable of taking his team as absolutely far as they could possibly go. Mahomes is that guy. Rodgers is that guy. Brady's like 106. I don't know if he's still that guy, but he's still pretty damn good. Uh, Lamar Jackson is, is developing into that guy. I think Deshaun Watson's pretty close to being that guy. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I you know, I don't know if Dak is, about, is that gonna, guy yet. I'm going to say this about Dak, and... Uh, Dak, I think Dak, to me, and I know this is going to sound it's weird for me. I'm a Giants fan, but I think Dak is a bit overrated in the sense of I don't think Dak is. I think stats can be a bit misleading. I think people use numbers to like to, to try to buffer their point. I, the one thing I will give Dak over Wentz is Dak is healthy, and Dak is healthy more times than Carson Wentz. I know if you put as a talent. I think that I think that Carson Wentz is better than Dak as a talent because when when Wentz is healthy, the man almost won a won an MVP. But unfortunately, unfortunately, Nick Foles came in and won a Super Bowl. Yes, but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that I think that Dak he's a good quarterback. I don't think I don't know if he'll ever be like a superstar quarterback, but I think he's a good enough quarterback that he'll get you into the postseason, but I don't think he's a good enough quarterback that if he's a guy that takes me over the next level. And I think that's the decision that Dallas has to make. The real uh, question is, that, are you paying him 28 
to 33 million a year for the next six, seven years? That's your question. If the answer is no, he's not that good. If it was up to me, the most I'd even consider paying him a year is 20. And for that, he'd probably walk. But I truly don't think he's 25 million. I, I, I think that would be an over. I, I, I think so. I think so. Now, here's, here's a New York question to ask you. Um, and I know Nick, 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 Shut up about that. It's true, though. Buffalo, New York. New Jersey Giants, New Jersey Jets, okay? It's factual. It's factual. Be mad at that. Now, I don't care about your feelings. Who do you think, and this is my last Wilson Contreras. 
Listen, he's a star catcher. He's a star catcher, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Let's talk. Let's talk on October first when the season's over, and we'll see where he ends up in the in the MVP voting. I'll tell you, he is his bat is hot, and his defensive catching. It, Wilson Contreras was is one of the best offensive catchers in baseball. But yeah, I agree. The thing that held him back. The thing that held him back is his ability to frame and steal strikes. He he went from below average to somehow is, like, not even just above average. Like, he is really freaking good at framing this year because it's all he worked on this offseason. And his bat is hot as hell right now. So, it's probably Charlie Blackman, but Wilson Contreras is a close second. Who wins the, who wins the World Series? The Yankees or the, or, or the Dodgers? Um, Dodgers. Ooh. Fair, 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 fair. Um... Who, who right now has so who right now is set up for a better future? The White Sox or the Padres? Um, the Padres. Oh yes. Um, so speaking of the Padres, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Juan Soto on the Washington Nationals or Fernando Tatis Jr.? I mean. I love Juan Soto, but Fernando Tatis Jr. is, that dude is, I mean, he's everything. I want Fernando, Fernando Tatis Jr., not, no questions asked. Last question, um, you're a diehard Cubs fan, so I have to ask, um, in your Chicago everything, what was, what was, the, what, like, is, is winning the World Series to you? more important than the Blackhawks winning three Cubs in, in six years? For me, yes. Because the Blackhawks were like, I, I enjoy the Blackhawks, but when the Blackhawks suck, I'm not watching them. I'm not spending two and a half hours. They're in the playoffs the right now! They're in the playoffs! I know! Yeah, they were the 12 seed, right? And the, and they the they Hawks were going to take care of them. For some reason, he got disconnected. Alright, so that was a fantastic rapid fire. 
we we promoted you earlier, but hey, promote yourself. Yeah, so people can find me on Twitter at Turnapair Chris. Uh, but you can find me all over wherever you listen to your podcast: Apple, Google, Spotify, all that stuff. I'm there. There's 101 episodes that I put out there where I interview minor league and major league baseball players. I've interviewed former players, rookies of the year. Um, I've got. Uh, there's probably about a dozen guys who are currently playing in the major leagues who I've had on my show. So, man, go check it out. Turn a pair baseball podcast. Absolutely. And I just got to say, because I know I, I got a little cut off. Um, all I can say is that I'm happy that you get to your clubs. But me personally, as a hockey fan, and I know Nick can tell you, I'm, I love hockey. Hockey is my favorite sport. Just the Blackhawks dynasty was to me. Impressive. I know you won with Anthony Niemi, but winning two cups with Corey Crawford, Jonathan Taze being one of the one of the true captains of the team, and Patrick Kane being so dominant. Love, love Duncan Keith, and I know Marion Osa finally got 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 the eluded Stanley Cup that has eluded him. Um, just seeing how you guys play was just fun to watch, and and love, winning love three cups in six that. years. And winning three cups in six years was crazy. Cause remember, after 1960, you guys haven't won a cup in like 40 years until 2010. So I will. I understand why baseball meant more to you because the Cubs haven't won anything in 108 years, and the fact that they the for the Cubs winning their first championship was an uplifting moment for the city. Yeah, you know, don't get me wrong. When the Hawks won that first cup, um, uh, there. I mean, that. Overtime when you're talking about the overtime when that Patrick Kane did in that in, in Philly. That's what you're talking. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I remember when he when he when he, when he made the goal. I was like, he threw his gloves and his stick. I'm like, I go, what the hell are you doing, man? But it went in. But, but, but my whole point to that to that is when when they won when they won that first cup, it was like, it man, it was awesome. It was so cool because you know my my. My, my grandfather is from Canada. Hockey's big in my family. My dad was born in Canada. So hockey's huge in my family. Um, hockey is the favorite sport of everyone on that side of my family. Um, and I remember as a kid going to my grandpa's house and watching hockey. It was always on TV. He'd have his, his Stroh's beer and whatever cigarettes and just pounding beers and smoking cigarettes and watching hockey. And don't even talk to him. doesn't matter who's on. Don't talk to him when the hockey game's on. I just remember that, right? And, and he, he was a Blackhawks fan. He passed away. He didn't get to see this, this cup. And I thought about him when, when the Hawks won that first cup out of the three. And um, it, it's fun, man. It's, sports are great because it brings people together. And that's just that makes life fun when you get to enjoy things with other people. And getting to enjoy the Blackhawks run with my friends and getting together with them and taking my friends in Milwaukee who didn't, didn't give a shit about hockey but then started to get into it because the Hawks were fun, and we'd, they'd come over to my house and we'd watch games. You know, I, I had a couple buddies over here when the Hawks beat the Lightning in the Stanley Cup, and, you know, they were like, it was just cool to experience that, bring them into hockey. Um, hockey's fun, man. In fact, I listened to your episode with, with Kirsten Kroll, who's uh, yeah. got a, a nice career, I'm sure, ahead of herself as a, as a hockey uh, <laughs> journalist. But, yeah, uh, yeah and she... And she Guys, and hopefully the wild win a couple of the hours. Yeah. And, and, and I told her, Minnesota got a lot of 
conversation you know sometimes it it gets a little away from the clock but uh you guys should if you can listen to this whole episode um and it just gave us good it's, it's actually going to be back-to-back cubs night actually uh tomorrow we have sarah sanchez and she is a cubs fan also so we will talk more cubs tomorrow um Maybe repeat a little bit of the same stuff we asked Chris tonight. But of course it will be a different perspective. Um, And even a deeper perspective with Chapman. Because she is a woman. So I'm I'm super curious. More curiouser. To know how she felt with Chapman being a a cub. And uh. But tomorrow I promise we'll we'll try to keep it within an hour and a half. But uh we'll have a good night tomorrow. You got to hear James, you know, get really extra excited with his hockey. Uh so <laughs> That's what I just said over these past two minutes. Why were you not listening? Miss Sarah Sanchez, so we're gonna talk more Cubs tomorrow. Hey, we're gonna talk some more Cubs, that's awesome. Um, yes, I love me some hockey, um, and Yankees are winning some 6 to 2. Some bomb of the 8, but Chio just got hit, and the Yankees are, Yankees are very upset about that, so there's that. Um, but yeah, listen, um, I am very, I am very excited. I know Madison said the Islanders in six. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm not going to get too high. I'm not going to get too low. You have to understand is that this series is not over yet. So Washington could probably, Washington could win on Friday, and and, and that's just that. So I, I'm just, I, I'll see what happens at the end of this series. Um, Boston is still up in this series, so Boston is still playing well, but. Again, I, I see how Boston does at the end of this series, and yeah, now, I'm excited, hockey's back, um, the NBA playoffs are going to start uh, Monday, so I know that, Nick, you're going to be tuning to the NBA playoffs, because I know that's when you'll have your focus, because you don't care about the regular that's season right. at all. That's right, hashtag Clipper Gang, Kawhi going for number three, um, you know what, I'll, I'll be very honest with... 
screw everybody's emotions. I I get it. Y'all want the Lakers win for Kobe, but I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. As David Grubb said, it's not happening, man. LeBron will Cleveland, but he had he had Kyrie. All right. Anthony Davis, as good as he is, I'm sorry, it's not, it's not enough. It's not Kobe and Shaq. It's not Wade and Ron. I'm sorry, it's just not. So get in your feels, hockey. Eh, it's it's okay. Eh, it's 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 all right. Football's very close to coming back. We have baseball season, and you know what? The Islanders can win Friday, five to nothing. And I still bet the Capitals will win the series. So how about that? I have, I have, I have the Capitals win this series. So you're not, you're not saying anything that's going to, you're not saying anything that's going to upset me. So well, even, even, I don't like that they're giving me false hope. The Islanders winning today are giving on the fans false hope. Two hours. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of the hockey talk. We're literally ending it right now. 